Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome once again to Cult Following, the leading podcast on film criticism and insane stupidity that you will find in the world of genre, horror, and all kinds of bizarre Asian comedies in the Tempe, Arizona area. I am one of your four hosts for this evening, Victor Marino, along with Joshua Ruth. Captain Joshua Ruth. And Jasper Reno. Cacao. And Kirby Nelson. In this episode, we're going to catch up a little bit on what we've been watching, including such favorites as Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, Alien Covenant, Wonder Woman, and many, many more. As well as, you know, we're getting into the heat of summer and lots of genre movies are coming up, so we're going to talk about something you're interested in watching and just what's been going on lately in the Phoenix genre and convention scene. But let's just hop right into it, guys, because I know last episode, we didn't really do a catch-up, so we're just going to get into that, because I know some of you love our opinions, some of you maybe pretend to, but we all like to talk, so we're just going to get going, all right? So, uh, let's see, Kirby, why don't you tell us some of what you've been up to, dog? I had to go look back from Thursday, May 11th, when I wrote my last list out. (laughs) um i was actually sick a couple weeks ago uh got really bad like uh science infection fatigue actually took a couple days off of work which actually did help me get caught up with a bunch of stuff i hadn't seen um so i'll just kind of go through the list and we can of course just go off on them but um uh the disappointments room appropriate title Oh boy! Uh, let's Al- just end the podcast. It can't get huh. any better from there. Alternate title would have been hot garbage. <laughs> um, I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, it's just as generic as it gets. I have started to notice this. Um, not that there always hasn't been like the old dark house style or the um, the uh, horrific fixer upper kind of movies, but since like the boy, uh, there's a few others that have come out in like the last year or two, uh, like really seem to be going back to this like we're gonna go into a house out in the middle of nowhere we're either gonna fix it up or we're the uh, nanny or we're this and that i mean like i said it's nothing new but it's just weird that's i mean seriously though if you're gonna name your movie the disappointments room like make sure it's pretty good true know? true i mean come on yeah. i hate the i hate the the plot of any well usually it's a ghost horror movie or but it's the dad got a new job and he got us this big, old, expensive-looking, awesome house. And now the first scene of the movie is us all moving in and carrying boxes. And yeah. It's a little played well, out. Well, so many times yeah. when they, these come up, too, I keep thinking it's another movie. Like, I've been waiting. I, I mean, maybe Victor somebody knows, but or one of you guys. But, I mean, how long has that Amityville movie been delayed? It's it like, comes out in like three or four weeks. Does it really? Yeah. Because I keep seeing, I've ever seen the trailer like two or three years ago. I actually have, I got a discount from uh, Trick or Treat Masks, Trick or Treat Studios, who make some of the best like licensed masks out there. Um, I got it cheap, but it's the pig mask, but it's from the new movie. Whoa. And I got, that was like two years ago that I bought that. What's, what's the embargo on that pig mask? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah I, it I'm, comes out on June 30th. Okay, Crazy. yeah. So, I mean, it's just like, but that's what I always think about. But it's funny when Joshua mentioned that, I always think of that as um, there was a year, like a long time ago I was a kid, like maybe 20 years ago. I can't remember if it was in Guitar World or Metal Maniacs or one of the zines I used to read, but it was a review of um, 
Iron Maiden's a real dead one. Right. And the only line was, no argument here. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what you're asking for. Um, Shit sandwich. I think someone got the screener copy of this, but I watched it on, um, it's free on Prime, is VHS Massacre. Um, now, that's not part of the VHS series, is it? No, it okay. is a... Um, a documentary on the Ooh. decline of physical media. Really? Yeah. Is this is this, is this like jam. available on Prime for free? Yeah, it's on. If you have Prime membership, it's oh, free. Okay. Which we watch do. that. After. Yeah, um, yeah, probably gonna definitely. watch that tonight. But yeah. it's um. VHS. Thank you, Kirby. Oh sure, it's a VHS massacre. It's um, you know, just I mean, it's uh, not a perfect documentary, but it's enjoyable. They have uh, has a lot of involvement from Lloyd Kaufman and Trauma. Um, Ron Bonk and SRS Cinema Sub Rosa Studios, um, and a lot of other folks. It also the the document uh, the documentarians. One of them is actually a filmmaker, so he's talking about how his film, how hard it is. But you know, goes through of course mom and pops, blockbuster, um, and the change and stuff. I mean, it, you know, they do a pretty good job. I mean, I enjoyed it, so it's it's definitely worth checking out. Um, and especially in to- light of recent topics that we've done, um, nice. I actually um, have had this on my queue for a while in Netflix, and it's actually coming back as a full series. A new series is Glow, the gorgeous ladies mm-hmm. of wrestling. Oh, yeah. Which um, I is, watched the documentary. Yeah, that's why yeah. I watched. Um, very in anticipation, sad. It, it is. is an incredible documentary. Yeah. Very, very much worth checking out. I really enjoyed it. I vaguely remember it as a kid because of. Um, you know, I didn't have cable for a long time, but I do remember seeing advertisements for it. Um, so it was very interesting to see the whole story. I'm interested for that series, too, because it, it almost feels like it could be a bit of a, a redemption. Because, again, like, I mean, it's a brilliant documentary, but my gosh, is it depressing. And, yeah. you know, I would like to see the, you know, the the show of these people when they were in their heyday, right? You know, when when they were uh, when everything was was wonderful and happy with them, and they were on the rise. Um, so I think that would be really. Cool. The sad thing is, you're hard pressed to find any documentary about old wrestlers that isn't depressing. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's except kinda... Resurrection of Jake the Snake, which no, is man, depressing. That one but is makes that one had me good. in tears at a couple of points though, because uh, well, Scott Hall is my absolute favorite wrestler of all time. And man, when they were wheeling him to the airport in that wheelchair, dude, it, it gripped me a little bit. That, I'm not even gonna lie. There is a part of me that kind of feels like they should have uh, made a separate Scott Hall documentary and not kind of combined it into the Jake the Snake one. Yeah, yeah. And well, got... they kind of did. They got that one on the network about uh, his career. They talk about him killing a guy. Oh yeah, I need to watch that. I first it's saw that good. on the ESPN or that E60 thing. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. I've heard he's recently kind of relapse too so i hope I, I've, I've heard various stories that he's been having some issues again but i don't know i mean if he's gonna go back to ddp or you know well the, the whole gist of those documentaries is kind of like they weren't like a uh, <coughs> like a what do you call that alcoholics anonymous thing where it was like uh, you're you have to be off the wagon forever yeah. like they expect you to relapse and not to guilt them too much yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I kind of got that. I saw Jake at a Super Toy Con last summer in Vegas, and he looked great. Like, he looked really good. Um, because I saw him the year before at uh, Mad Monster in Phoenix, and I think yeah. he was just out of, like, recovery then. Or, you know, like a year, and he was still a little, you tell he was getting his grip again, but it was awesome to see. 
I'll just run through the last couple real quick. Um, I, I can add more forever. Um, just because so many people have been talking about it, and it, I got it added, or, excuse me, it was recently added to Netflix, was Beyond the Gates. Oh, yeah. 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 That's, it's, yeah. Wow, it's okay, well, there's the review. <laughs> yeah, the, there, there's a review of it up on the website. Yeah. I think we all had the same initial, like, ooh, this looks... Oh. Totally, yeah. <laughs> it, it's one of those things where, like, there's so many things in that movie that don't really make sense, and it kind of drags. Yeah, it, the dra- the, yeah right, my, right, my, somebody, my capsule... Somebody explain this to me, because I, I, I put this in my review, and I had a really hard time understanding it. There, near the end of the movie... Brea Grant gets sucked beyond the gates, right? Okay. And there's like a demon Brea Grant. So is she possessed or is that an evil doppelganger? Because yeah. I didn't understand that. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm, I'm guessing like an evil Ash thing. Is this yeah. the way I understand it? It's like the dead eye version. Okay. Yeah. But that... I mean, it, it just goes. I mean, the whole like the whole crescendo is yeah. just kind of like. Man, this feels like there's no rules to this game at all. Like, no, like, there are no rules, and then it feels like at some parts, like the Barbara Crampton Crypt Keeper is like actively helping them. Then she starts fucking them with them, like fucking with them with yeah. for no reason. And at the end, she tells them exactly what they have to do, and it kind of just doesn't really make sense to me. And it just felt like it needed to be thirty minutes yeah. long. You know, the whole thing. I think there was definitely some... It would have been a great ideas. short film. I was yeah. going to say, it, yeah. uh, it could have been a tale from yeah, the Crypt episode. Yeah, exactly. Especially with the deal with the father at the end, where it was kind of like, he was was across from like from Beyond and mm-hmm. Lord of Illusions or something. Where he's like the Pretorius. Yeah. yeah, and I was just like, uh, maybe if they built that up more instead of making it just some random thing yeah. all of a sudden. I mean, it is interesting that I think something like that, if it was a segment in, let's say, VHS, yeah. right, you oh, know, you which go. obviously would be very appropriate, I think would actually, it might be a standout. You know, people would go, oh, that's really good. But as a full-length feature, it just is met with this resounding meh, yeah. you know, so, yeah. Um, yeah, well, Joshua, did you saw it at like Film Bar, right? Yeah, I did. I actually uh, went to a screening with the uh, the director and writer and producer there. And, yeah, you know, it was a very kind of small uh, showing. I mean, there was I mean, there wasn't that many people there. It was like fifteen but, people like, there. Did, was was there any questions in in sense of people asking them like, uh, what were you going for? Did you did you think that this was that's the mm-hmm. thing about Q and A is it's very hard to get critical questions. To be honest with you, man, it was uh, there. There wasn't a ton of interest in the room for the film, so gotcha. uh, there wasn't a lot of questions about that. I mean, the, the, a lot of the questions had to have been about like the they were about production. Like there was that fantastic video store, right, that they filmed in. Oh yeah. Which when I looked at that thing, I was like, oh well, there's no way on earth that 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 they made this for the movie. This is clearly some pre-existing video mm-hmm. store you, that they use. You should totally. Go go there this weekend yeah like a field trip or yeah something. that place looks awesome, awesome right yeah, yeah exactly so that was something i was interested to hear about and then of course they talked about that you know which video store that was and everything um but it was actually kind of funny because the uh the guy who uh co-wrote the film and produced the film is um the guy that and i don't know his name but he he uh produced um Hodorowsky's dune yeah i think we talked about yeah. this before yeah we yeah. did like kind of offline talk yeah. about it and so actually it was funny because like more questions came up about yeah. Hodorowsky's dune than beyond the gate so i mean uh, you know again nice guys um i i don't feel that it was a complete stinker of a film personally but it definitely needed to have i don't know about an hour cut yeah. out of it you know it is what cool. it is yeah steven scarletta yeah that's yeah. his name yeah 
Um, and then I'll just run through a quick other ones because I know we all got a lot to catch up on, and I don't even remember all of my watch. But one I did because um heard so many good recommendations this podcast was um girl with all the gifts yeah oh yeah so um like i said i went into it when i just heard the general summary of the plot i was like it's the last of us yeah and it is the last of us it still is it's just not as much it's it's got its own identity and stuff its own ideals i have not read the book which I believe Jasper you had or mentioned it. Uh, my wife read it. Or, okay, um, I couldn't remember, but it's I, I again maybe a little too much of hype. The hype machine for me like got my expectations yeah. way too high up. But I I thought it was visually great. I thought the story, the journey. I mean, like I said, it actually kind of played more like a video game. It, so I mean, even more like The Last of Us, where it felt like everything was very linear um like it always was going towards this ending but i did like the ending uh, i know a lot of, for some reason a lot of people didn't but mm. i felt that was actually quite logical well yeah because well we don't want to spoil it yeah, yeah i don't want to spoil it but right. i just felt like it was more logical and then but um i'd be willing to watch it again or give it another shot i just wanted to love it and yeah. that's my I've I brought it up a few times on the podcast and in my reviews on cultfalling.co but it's and I'm seeing it's just a general consensus is that a lot of movies we watch now it's like I wanted to love it but I just liked it yeah mm-hmm. I, I will say I don't know I, I'm not totally sure we're having the best year in genre so far um, no, no we're not. I mean like that movie it's it's you know it's good but like it's still on my top ten list because nothing's really shaking it. Yeah. 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 I mean, definitely genre. I mean, if it wasn't for Get Out, I would say it would be kind of a, a very. It's year. it's yeah. Honestly, like I I was reading an article in USA Today last week where um they had a uh, a Get Out Blu-ray release party on the Wisteria Lane set for uh, Desperate Housewives. Mm-hmm. Wow. And they invited like a ton of critics and Hollywood Reporter were th- were there saying it's really odd to do this kind of event mm-hmm. an event for a blu-ray release for a movie that came out that early in the year and invite so many critics because they kept reminding well this is the only movie that's gotten a hundred percent on true. Yeah. on uh ron tomatoes this year and they realized it was kind of like a backhanded like keep us in mind for the oscars type of thing right <laughs> by Which the is, way um Oh, I don't want to cut you off, but I was just going to say I I listened to the commentary by the way for uh-huh. Get Out. I'm actually going to write up something for the the site of yeah. like top whatever number things I learned from watching oh, or listening to that comment. Because yeah. holy crap, dude! Like he gives you so much of the backstory for Get Out and like stuff that's like, oh my gosh, this is like candy. Yeah, uh, it's pretty amazing. He also I wanted to actually get a counter out and count the amount of times he says the word woke. Um, oh, because God. it's at least got to be over 100. I'm not even kidding. Like, That's unfortunate. Pretty crazy. Um, but you do learn a lot of amazing stuff about, uh, you know, everything that's going I'm on. I'm actually really interested to hear the uh, commentary track for Get Out just because when um, when he was on Shockwaves or Killer POV and before Get Out was even announced, like, oh, we have Jordan Peele and he's going to do a movie for Bloomhouse and he wants to talk about how he loves horror movies. Right. That's kind of mm-hmm. like, 
you know, I, sure. I'm making a quizzical face, <laughs> but but at the time it kind of just it didn't ring to me. And then I, I saw the movie. I'm like, oh no, this guy really loves like classic 60s, oh, 70s horror. He's a huge horror. horror nerd, and he put so many Easter eggs in yeah. there, things that I didn't even notice at all. And it's like, oh okay, yeah. So yeah. And he was like, well, this isn't this isn't uh, an homage to this movie and this movie at the same time. I'm like, okay, I, I get it now. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, stuff like the Easter eggs and stuff like all the 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 really crazy backstory that kind of explain a lot um definitely is something so yeah i was gonna actually just write that out oh, it's just a nice, nice. Thing. very cool yeah. check that out on copolly.com and <laughs> the last two i'll just wrap up with real quick because i want to make sure you guys can all get on to yours is that it's two movies i had never seen that were actually recently released to blu-ray and i don't think ever had a release beyond vhs except maybe in foreign territories and that is pulse oh yeah. which is a um uh movie with uh joey lawrence uh, a very young Joey Lawrence. Um, in, yeah, the bowl cut. Yes, <laughs> with technology gone amok. I vaguely remember and, this um, movie. Yeah, it's and I'd always heard about this, especially when the uh, mid aughts Pulse came out, the ghost movie, the total yeah. generic one. And um, this is a movie, literally, kind of like a technology gone amok with the the uh ghost in the machine kind of thing uh if anyone remembers that yeah mid 90s gem um early 90s gem but um interesting um but except it's a disembodied power you don't know why it's there or anything so um but i've touched on a lot of like the 80s divorce rate kind of drama um because he's out visiting his father and wants to go home to his mother and you know it's just kind of an interesting film it's definitely way darker than i expected you kind of still expect that like 80s kind of uh what do you call it goonies feel you know it's just like oh we're gonna defeat this and it's like man this goes hardcore like way more expected but i got that for like five or six bucks on amazon so it was well worth checking out nice nice and then the other one i got i am obviously i've mentioned a huge time is a huge anthology fan and this is one i had never seen not even remember on video is dead time stories uh, oh, that sounds yeah. really familiar. Such a great poster, dude. Yeah, it's an amazing yeah. poster. It's it's extremely interesting. It is literally three modern fairy tale updates with a wraparound. Um, the first one was actually going to, which I listened to the commentary and the the uh, all the bonus uh, materials, and it was um, supposed to be just the first film was going to be an independent like retelling of of. Uh, I mean, it's his own story, but it's kind of like a classic uh, Hansel and Gretel kind of story. And it was actually, that one is by far the most well done. I like, the second one is a Little Red Riding story with the wolf, the werewolf in this case. Mm-hmm. And then the third is the most bizarre film in the end. It's a Goldilocks story with, basically, Goldilocks is Carrie huh. with telekinetic powers. Who fights off three deranged uh, family criminals who've just oh, wow. broken out of a mental institution, and they go full shemp. I mean, it literally has <laughs> really? like the yakety sax and the <laughs> Benny uh, Hill music and everything. But it's, with telekinesis. But with telekinesis. Awesome. Um, okay, so sold. yeah, uh, that was extremely interesting. Um, but I really enjoyed it too. So um, definitely big points on that. Um, we're checking out, especially if you're an anthology fan and you like a good mix of horror and comedy. So, nice. all right. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen it. I definitely remember the poster, 
you know, because it's just a, just a fantastic poster, but it's like, it's not really ringing a bell. True. Well, now I kind of have hope, too. The other one I've been waiting for forever is Grim Prairie Tales. Uh, <laughs> so right. I'm with uh, Brad Dourif and uh, James Earl Jones, and I'm really hoping that one comes out I next. know I saw that one on VHS back in the day, yeah. but I don't really remember. But it. only VHS. I mean, I don't even know if some of these, if they even got a Laserdisc release, and right. that's usually the litmus test. Um, so who knows? All right, who else wants to get us all caught up? All right, so, uh, okay. Well, I mean, I've, I, you know, it's been a few weeks. I've watched a ton of different things, um, but I, uh, I, the number one thing I want to talk about um, is uh, the the Handmaid's Tale. Like, I mean, oh, it's so good. It is so good. Like, I've been wanting to talk about this thing for weeks. I've watched all of the episodes that are out twice now. Um, it's just such a beautifully shot film. Like, honestly visually it, it almost feels kubrickian at times just to how perfectly every single shot is composed um and i just straight up think it is an incredibly important show i i just think it is like i think it goes beyond just a tremendous piece of uh of, of television which it really is but like i just think it's like everybody should watch this show I, the more i see this show it really shocks me that hulu ended up with it of yeah. all places because yeah. To me, this is something that, like, should be on, like, HBO or AMC or something. Like, yeah. it's, like, or Netflix. Like, I don't get it if they just approached Hulu first, but it was a great score for them. I, I have to believe that just based on the production values alone, that it, it was a very high-budget show. Yeah. And that it could have been a situation where Hulu just kind of put all their eggs in one basket when it came to this. Because they don't have a ton of original programming not no compared to these I, I've, other guys. I've seen a few of their shows and they are usually like nowhere like what was that other one the one with um the chubby guy from reaper and right. um kumar where they're like uh you know uh like it's like ghost a ghost or something type. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. but it, it not i i watched like one episode of that show can't even remember what it's called yeah, uh, you know, as an example. So, um, so yeah, definitely. Um, I just had to give a shout out to that. I mean, it's something that, um, I just find is really interesting because, um, as I've been watching it, and friends have come over, or I've been telling people, "Hey, you have to check this yeah. out." Um, like nine times out of ten, people are like, "Oh, that's a show that's like in the past, right?" And it's like you know all this stuff, and like nobody understands. Almost nobody understands that this is in the future. Yeah. Um. You know, because all they know is they hear the the title, The Handmaid's Tale, yeah. and then they see that you know these people in these old style bonnets and everything like that, and they think, oh, you know, this is some Jane Austen kind of a deal. They, right? They've done a really good job of unfolding it. To, to yeah. You know, if you start watching, you might think it's set in a, like an alternate past, and then it's like, oh no, this is yeah. you know alternate history. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's it's and a it, dystopian future sci-fi. Yeah. And for a while, I kind of thought that um that Amazon show, The Man in the High Castle, uh-huh. was going to be the show that captured the current zeitgeist. Yeah. I think this it's this one. It's a little too heavy-handed yeah. in that one. And I mean, I love the Philip K. Dick book of that, yeah. but it's um yeah, I agree. I I think that's a an incredibly uneven show. Um, but yeah, it just I will say, Handmaid's Tale, everything, the music, the direction, like everybody that they've brought in. They haven't lost this um, unifying feeling. The performances are incredible. All the things that have to be communicated by the actors in that with so little, you know, just not being able to speak and having to do it all through your facial expressions. And um, I mean, it's 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 not an easy show, but 
I definitely don't feel that is such a downer that it's not worth watching. Like, I, I don't feel it's like, oh, God, this is just draining my energy. I think that there is a kind of resilient, resistant hope there at the core of everything that it makes it really worth it. So, again, I'm just I'm putting this out there into the world. If you have not yet checked out The Handmaid's Tale, please do. It is a tremendous piece of filmmaking, um, and it's it's really worth seeing. I mean, I don't care what, you know where you fall in terms of taste or political ideals, I think that you should watch this. I think you'd, you'd find something interesting in it no matter what. I have a question. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. I get really angry at a, I have a problem with shows uh, where I see a lot of injustice. Right. Uh-huh. Like, it angers me like to the point where like I won't watch, I won't finish watching the show. Yeah. Even though I know I think everything is going to probably turn out okay, it pisses me off so bad. I'm like, this is raising my blood pressure too bad. I can't watch it. Yeah. That's the vibe I got off of this show. Oh, buddy. This is, is like the gonna case piss, study. Is it, it going to piss me you, off? You'll break yeah. the TV. <laughs> no, you, yeah. you will get super pissed off. Yeah, super pissed off. I mean, I get like fist-clenchingly angry watching this show sometimes at all these things. But um, I again, I just I still think it's worth it despite yeah. all of that. Well, I think the episode that most worked on that level for me was the one where they have um, – uh, the people from Mexico. Visiting. Oh yeah, yeah. And like, you, you got to realize it's like a dystopia where like the U.S. has become like this religious state that you know they've totally gone isolationist, so they need like something from other countries. Right. And like Mexico is, look, we actually can grow food. Yeah, you know. And then what they end up, it's just it's a crazy episode and super fucked up. Yeah, the ending of yeah. that one is definitely intense. But then like the one after that. Um, that completely changed the format of the entire show, um, you know, and uh, won't really talk about how, but that one was tremendous as well. The closest analog, though, that I can think of is Children of Men. This yeah, not, not that's, just... that's what I, I mean, because I don't play, I've, I've never played that last, or what people describe it mm-hmm. to as... Uh... The Last of Us? Yeah, kind of. You know, I would say that in tone, it's very yeah. Last of Us, but not at all in content. Yeah. But definitely in tone. It's got yeah. this, like, beautiful, sun-soaked, ruinous, um, you know, kind of tone to it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely, um, you know, again, like, I, I just think it's worth watching. Yeah. Bottom line. But it is very much like Children of Men. Yeah, Children of Men, and, and also in the kind of vibe of Children yeah. of Men, not just in terms of the plot uh, mm-hmm. details. So that was like the big thing that I wanted to spend my time talking about. And then I just want to transition probably into something that some of us can talk about, which is uh, I went to go see that new Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Yeah. Um, so uh, so here's here's a funny story. So what we decided to do, um, so we don't do this a lot, but we had a bunch of friends come over and they're like, well, let's go see a movie. We have some movie passes. Like, what should we see? And we're like, well, you know, we can see Guardians. Like, I've seen it. Yeah. Like, two of the people had seen it. Like, three of the people hadn't. And like, well, we can go see that Pirates of the Caribbean movie. And like, they're like, well, we have passes, whatever. It's free. Let's go, you know, and like, okay, so we'll do this. But we decided um, to uh, to make a little bit of a drinking game out of it. Oh, boy. Um, and so we uh, I could see many options for that. <laughs> so the uh, the decision that we made um, was every time the words Jack Sparrow were spoken. Oh, Jesus. So you must have been drunk before halfway through <laughs> the movie. So we had to say we had it couldn't just be Captain Sparrow or Captain Jack. It had to be Jack Sparrow, but Captain Jack Sparrow could count as well. Yeah. Um, and uh <laughs> <laughs> Five times before the opening credits. Oh my god! <laughs> it, it's it is fucking ridiculous. How many times they say his full name? I in know, that movie. dude. Because they always do this. They go 
Jack Sparrow, yeah. Captain Jack Sparrow, and it's like, oh, there's two shots. <laughs> my my favorite one is when they do this like flashback for uh for uh, Javier Bardem's character, right, right, where they do the origin of the name Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> no, because his name oh isn't God. actually Jack Sparrow. Oh, it's true, and it's like the dumbest thing ever. Like, did they really need to do this? And then he was. Like a little barrel. It was like a sparrow. It's like Jack a Sparrow. He's doing his Javier Bardem. Sparrow. Sparrow. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh my god. Yeah, so anyway, how, what did you think of that movie? Um, You know, I actually did think Javier Bardem's character was, was cool. Mm-hmm. Like, the effects for them. Although, like, Sad. I mean, honestly, it's bizarre. It's a weird movie because it's essentially a remake of the first movie, right? Interesting. Like, yeah, like yeah. I, that's I, what I thought the first yeah. time I saw the trailer. I was like, so it's the first movie, basically. And it, it's it it's a, it's a remake that's there to write off every character so they can get a blank slate, essentially. And they're trying. Okay, here's the here's the issue. Okay, okay. So that guy that plays Will Turner's son. Oh, who's also in Gods of Egypt, playing the exact same character. He's like literally the most boring actor I can imagine. Yeah. Did, <laughs> like, have you guys seen Gods of Egypt? I have. Yes. And yeah, I didn't, yeah. so I didn't he's even guy, remember he was he's in He's the it. guy who's helping out Jamie Lannister the See? whole time where he's just I like. I didn't know he was even yeah, in it, dude. You need to help me with my girlfriend. Uh, what kills me is um the side. The, so there's, he's like this main, one of the main side characters. The other side character is, um. This science sciencey chick yeah. whose name I can't remember. She's just boring too. Yeah, She's it's boring. like I know science. You know, yeah, don't you understand? I'm an educated woman. No, you're a witch. Literally, oh, yeah, you yeah. Should make a drinking game of right, every witch. time yeah, somebody yeah. calls her a witch. That's yeah, very true. You know, very but like true. the whole time I was like, who is this chick? She kind of looks like off-brand British Allison Brie. Right. Right. Yes. I yeah. Like that. I still yeah. can't like pin her down, but it, it's it's just it's so weird. So it, wow, it, you're talking like an agent there, Victor. Like, <laughs> let me sell you on this one. She's like an off-label, <laughs> kind of gray market, good value, great value. No, because I saw they give they were giving out posters at the end of the screening, and it's like this looks like Allison Brie. I mean, in the movie, she looks like Allison Brie, but it's just. I don't know who she is. Yeah, yeah, no. It's um if I'm expected to want to have a new franchise with those two, no thanks. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like it, it just zero charisma from those people and um I will say this, I felt it was better than the last movie. Yeah. You know? Well, it was I don't even fix... remember the last I was going to say films. I'm not going to lie. I have not even watched the no. movie before. No. So this essentially yet. I, I hadn't it. watched the last movie either, but apparently from this movie I'm supposed to have gathered that the Black Pearl got turned into a tiny little sh- magic ship that's in a bottle. Yes, by Blackbeard. Oh, yeah. It was Ian McShane, who was the only good part of that movie. Yeah, there's a magic sword. Like, right. it, basically, these things keep popping up. It's like, all right, we're going to reference this to yeah. fix this because we need it now for the plot. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Barbosa is now, like, a super, super pirate, mm-hmm. you know? So we're, it was a bunch of these little random things where, like, I guess I had to watch the last movie to really did, understand uh, what's happening. Did everybody kind of dial it in? Oh, oh, Johnny Depp might as well have been <laughs> Captain Jack phoning it in. Because <laughs> it, it, it was weird because you could tell that some of the people in this, like um, Jeffrey Rush, who, like, you know, he was actually, you know, it was it's basically his movie. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, and with, 
you know, Johnny Depp playing the mascot character. It's kind of like, he's just like, I'm here because this is my franchise. You love me. I didn't beat Amber Heard. <laughs> yeah, right. but literally, I can't the entire the movie I don't give a shit. is him being drunk, a drunk fuck up. And yeah. He, you know, yeah. and at, at one point, he gives away this magic compass, which releases Javier Bardem sure. from, like, the Devil's Triangle. Right. And he's got a ghost ship that can eat other boats. And it, it's just, it's bizarre because at the end of the movie, I was just like, you know, it, it's not terrible. Sure. I mean, but it's better it, than the last one. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I can't imagine like kid kids are kids are going to be terrified by this movie. Yeah, it's it's there's parts well, in here that are a straight up horror movie. Nice. Mm-hmm. Like basically, like Javier Bardem is a horror villain. He's got uh, there's one point a, a really okay. cool so scene. They talk about uh, di- well Disney movies and body count. Yeah, you know, like this. Yeah, this 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 is like Disney's like yeah people die in our movies. Who gives a fuck? And it's like hey we've got zombie sharks. I was just gonna say they did the <laughs> preview before Guardians two. And it was the part with the zombie shark where they're rowing ashore. And I'm yeah. just going, oh, <laughs> so sci-fi oh. original picture, right. but with all the money to make it look good. Yeah. But I just, when you're talking about like uh, Barbosa is the super pirate, I'm just going, Jesus, you know, I just really thought in my head, I'm like, this is, a, they're all fucking Scooby-Doo villains. Like, yeah. this is literally what this feature, I mean, the first one, a little bit. The second one, I mean, that's the thing. See, I love that. Maybe it's just the Lovecraftian of the Davy Jones was so awesome. Who also see. pops up in this? But I go, does he? Did you stay Did all the way till the end? Part? He has. He's in a post credit oh, scene. Oh, I genuinely left as soon I as those credits. Yeah, was so well, drunk it was that funny because I was having a conversation <laughs> with some people after the movie. It's like. Oh well, this was a great swan song for the series. I'm like, where are you getting that this is a swan song? Mm, this is right. clearly here to set up more movies. Uh, and you know, the conversation's going, no, 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 this is. And then, sure enough, there's a scene with uh with uh Orlando Bloom and um Kira Knightley in bed. Sure. And then he wakes up because he thinks he hears some footsteps, and you see like a a wet like footprint mm-hmm. and you see the shadow of davy jones okay well good i'm glad i didn't have to sit through that like yeah. five minutes of credits for that and you just told me yeah i mean look <laughs> if davy jones came back like i i would be back on board yeah the best which is clear it's clearly yeah, the truly. setup for yeah. davy jones to be the villain yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you know now i'd be totally okay with that but um yeah it was definitely uh, i don't know i just feel that it was missing a lot of the the real joy that some of the earlier yeah. ones had, like those two side characters, right? Those two like henchmen guys of Barbosa. Yeah. Um, and things like that. Like there's a lot of just fun like that. That's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just disinteresting. Was like, it none the, of the crew was, was fun. it the third one when he went on on his like vision quest in the desert thing? Yes. Well, it was like when they go to date to Dave yeah. Jones locker. Yeah. Or whatever the hell oh, it was. Yeah. I have to say this cause I'm like, the Paul McCartney cameo. Oh, wow. And he even sang, too. Ugh. Oh, my God. I, I, I get it. Paul McCartney wanted to be in this movie. So, <laughs> at some point in this movie, you know, Jack's he, being led off to a potential execution. And the entire movie stops for this, like, three to four minute long like, Paul McCartney like spotlight cameo. Spotlight shine on him. Like, yeah. a giant neon sign in the background. Like, hey, everybody, Paul McCartney. Like the actual it's... pirates ride here. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's stop for the yeah. Beaver Town Band. Yeah. Whatever the hell it's called. 
I, no. I don't know. It's it's what just that, what is the one thing of called? those things that doesn't really make any sense. I just thought I like he did that. I'm just thinking about no. Beaver Town. <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't we all? But uh, no, the actual thing they actually made a Disney movie out of it, live action oh, about uh, the, the bears, the Bear Country the, band, Bear Country, yeah, Bear Country, Country Family Jamboree. Band, Jamboree or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and that scared the shit out of kids long before uh, Five Nights at <laughs> uh, Freddy's. So they were like, "Now nah, we're good." <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to take away. Yeah, yeah. I just figure, yeah, Paul McCartney is. Mm-hmm. They have to do that because he's not as beat as uh, Keith, <laughs> yeah. Richards, Keith Richards, so yeah. they couldn't do him as a cameo like that. At least he wasn't somebody's dad in this one. You yeah, know? at least he didn't come in as like no, Bar- he was Barbosa's his uncle dad. Ed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's so, right. but I don't know. Yeah, the base the basic gist of the movies magic compass releases javier bardem's ghost pirates who the effects on them are cool oh totally sure yeah but they can't set foot on land but it also is yeah. kind of like okay so the first one was zombie pirates this the, is you know, also then it was like then it was barnacle pirates and now it's like kind of not all their you know ghost pirates yeah. you know like it's i don't know i don't know but the movie's basically made up of a bunch of set pieces the, yeah. there's the one with the they're stealing a safe and it's kind of hokey it, you know and that it seemed actually like um directly lifted from a scene in tintin yeah. where there's like that whole building that kind of goes on a chase yeah um, so it seemed yeah. very old school disney to me yeah in a lot of ways yeah. and but, i liked some of those yeah. scenes i think those big set pieces were fun the part with the guillotine i thought yeah. was kind of fun um, you know, the end, I just remember there was a bunch of water and stuff. I yeah, it's just like they're trying to find this trident that breaks, you know, all the curses. Yeah. It's basically I'll be honest with you, I, I, I was not watching it um, as a critic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I was no, no. Pretty, well, I was, I'm, you I, were probably passed out 45 yeah, I, minutes in. I mean, the... let's say I was in between <laughs> no, passed out the and only one, out. The only one of those set pieces I wanted to talk about to see if you remember is uh, when uh, Javier Bardem's telling the whole Jack Sparrow story, and uh-huh. it's a flashback. I do remember that whole scene and, and he talks about it it's being this a sparrow. very benjamin button weird scene yeah where they put johnny depp's de-aged face oh, on no. somebody else's body it doesn't look good it looks so fucking weird yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it looks like nightmare on elm street era johnny depp on a really skinny guy wearing <laughs> a pirate <laughs> outfit right agreed it was not nearly as good as, as Guardians. Like, Guardians. Guardians. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. now it's kind of the gold standard because yeah. it's like I'm still waiting for the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean SpongeBob crossover movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it's just it's just one of those things where it's like they they made a big deal about this character being like a crucial like this is how he became Jack Sparrow like at the end he sends him off to this cave through a really interesting boat maneuver and then. They give him tribute, so he decides to be a pirate, and everything they give him is his entire outfit he wears right, now. Right, And Johnny Depp's kind of like, uh, Salazar, do I, do I know you? It, there's never a connection, really. Right. It's just, it's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. It's just funny, I'm just waiting now for the, like, you know, they just recut scenes or, you know, make a, a compilation of just every time it is captain jack sparrow or jack sparrow like i've noticed that recently that i've seen like 50 of them for the uh spider-man homecoming starring uh-huh. robert downey jr <laughs> right yes it's right. like i've noticed that's like a new trend but i was like you know that's pretty true actually yeah no 
but yeah, we we went on a little bit. But yeah, what else? Did that's you all see? good. Uh, no, that's that's me really. I mean, I've watched a bunch of stuff, but you know, that's that. Those are the big things to talk about, honestly. I mean, obviously, I also saw Alien Covenant. And I think we can get to that yeah. in a little bit. You know, yeah. Uh, let me see. What are some things I've seen here? Um, I saw all of season five of House of Cards. Oh, really? Which just came out on Tuesday, I think. Uh, so, uh, how topical is it? I I feel like when when Trump got elected, the people who made this show just like let me go shoot myself. Really? Because yeah, because what literally. Can you do? This that the season is thirteen episodes long. A good ten of them are about a contested election. Wow! And you, there's no way you could have fixed it. You know, it's just like one of those things where it's like, oh my god! So you have to suffer through all the different <laughs> ways that oh, our country's so divided over this election. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, when is this gonna end? Yeah, we already suffered through it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we are suffering through it. What are you talking about? <laughs> and and it's one of those things where they make it like uh, I I won't really it's not really a spoiler to say it but I mean like when it happened I was like so Claire can talk to the audience now oh really okay and it's it was like hinted at really early in the season like he's talking to the audience and Claire's kind of just like like there's a part where he's talking and she actually waves at mm-hmm. you and then she's like. I've always been able to talk. I've always known you were there. I just didn't know if you were worth my time. You know, that kind oh of thing. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. but, um, yeah, it's it's a weird season. Um, it, it clearly, it's set up for the show to keep going. I kind of thought it was going to end, mm-hmm. you know. But, um, yeah, it's, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think, I think there's a reason it kind of got dumped on a weekday instead of a weekend, mm-hmm. you know. It's definitely falling off. I mean, there's no yeah. question. Um, I, I, I just don't think there's an audience that really wants, oh, great, 13 episodes about a contested presidential election. Yeah, again. And Kevin Spacey's really good in it, and uh, Campbell Scott is in it, and he's... Ooh, he's he, wow, that's one I yeah, haven't that's, heard in a long a time. Yeah, it's a deep cut, and he's actually a pretty interesting character, but it's kind of just one of those things where, like, uh, it's weird because, you know, there's so many like actors that you really like now like Maher Shala Ali and Kate Mar mm-hmm. that all got their start on this show. Right. And it and that, it was the first big Netflix show and it's, now it's kind of like they made a bigger deal about Kimmy Schmidt than this this year. Yeah, I think, well, I think they should end it. Too. It just got a real niche niche now. Like yeah. I mean I think it's just for a very I only watched like half of the first season and I love political yeah. obviously like type uh, shows and intrigue and stuff like that i like that thing but i can already say like i couldn't even sit through that like yeah. that kind of i just like if i want to watch a show about real world topics or issues i'm gonna watch south park yeah and that's it <laughs> i'm i don't care about no, anything and... else because the only way you can do it and do it well is to laugh yeah and if you can't laugh then it's 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 just going to be um the you know a sermon and i yeah. hate sermons i hate from any like as josh was saying about the hammings i don't like any kind with political religious whatever the issue is the difference is you can say something even if i don't agree with it and it can have power and impact but if you start going like trying to literally like you don't understand right. and i yeah. i hate when people and show that. don't tell even yeah when it yeah comes to that kind well of stuff. and one of the things about it too is there's just too much in it that's too much like the real world right now like there's a snowden-esque character sure. who's in russia with their petrov who's their putin 
staying in. And it's just like, I don't want to deal with this right now. I mean, I hate to say it. It's just like, mm-hmm. it's a good show. I, I'll say the season, it, it's well written. But it's just like, I I watched it because I've been watching the show. And it's sure. kind of like, yeah, I don't feel a need to revisit that anytime soon. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I stopped. I got like three or four episodes into the last season. And I was just like, I'm not interested anymore. This season is better than last season. Oh, though. Well, that's good. Yeah. Do you feel that I would have to watch that no, last season? No, you could completely skip the last season and okay. just jump into okay. it. Yeah. Yeah, Netflix, though, I would say that, too. I've noticed... um kind of as you mentioned how they're dropping things in yeah and like how they're advertising and pre-planning i mean like i mean something like i said it's organic like something like the 13 reasons why i don't think yeah. that was expected no. to be like a yeah. huge hit or anything but um i don't think stranger things was no either. yeah neither was stranger things i think obviously the more teen and um like uh, young adult focused stuff um tween even i think does a lot better than um, the show, like yeah. I said, it's kind of like the other show. I only watched a little bit of that because, again, it, I liked it, but I just didn't love it. Was Orange is the New Black? I don't yeah, hear anybody talk about that, that show. show. I like the first season, yeah. But what I mean is, it kind of where the point on it was is just more like feeding into the idea yeah. of like who watches this now. Like, right. where is the audience? Like, no. it was it had more popularity and interest. And now it's like it has no the one same talks exact about issue as Weeds though, where all the side characters became more interesting than the main character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the last season they realized it, so Piper became literally like the biggest side character ever. Even though it's technically her show, they realized, yeah, nobody likes this character. So right. Yeah, I would say Weeds, that is the most hated character I've ever had in a show. Like over time. Yeah. I can't believe I made it through the entire series because mm-hmm. the first two seasons are like some of the funniest, most interesting television possibly ever written since maybe like six feet under to me. And then I was like, yeah, what the shit is I, going on I am on amazed here? I made it through that entire yeah, show. So when she became the queen of Tijuana, I was yeah. like, just <laughs> shoot me in the face. Shoot me in the face. This is the worst fucking show ever. Yeah. Um, it's just reached a point where I just can't do it anymore. Yeah. It's and that I'd say Dexter is number yeah. two where I can't believe I made it through the whole thing. I didn't. I, I didn't. I gave up. That like, was that was worth making it through just to watch his sister die because I couldn't stand Oh her. God. <clears throat> Spoiler yeah. alert. Oops. If, right. if you're a few Oops. years late. Let, let me power yeah, through okay. the rest of my list really quickly since I uh, I watched a lot, but I'm not gonna talk about everything. Um, I watched uh, this HBO documentary called Mummy Dead and Dearest. Yeah, that um, that was pretty disturbing. It's super weird. Um, it, it it's not as bizarre as the Beware the Slender Man documentary. If you guys watched that one, yeah, that one was where that girl was, a, was just kind of out of touch and evil. This kind one, of along the same lines. Though, yeah, right? but it's very yeah. thematically similar. Yeah. But it's just, it's, it's like, man, there's weird people out in America nowadays, you know. The internet is creating this culture of people who are just out of touch with reality. That's mm-hmm. just, it's kind of amazing. Well, I just saw some girl hacked up an Uber driver with a machete today. <laughs> I'm not joking. In Chicago, wow. a 16-year-old wow. girl, suburban girl, took a machete and hacked this dude up in his um, thing. He got out, but he died at the hospital. But Jesus. it's just like, I, I was like. Man, I'm serious. If like, like you kill for some creepy pasta or one of these other dumbass things, or that yeah. stupid was the blue whale game. I was like, 
oh my god i'm so tired of this shit yeah um yeah so that was weird um what else did i see um saw pirates i saw logan noir which how was that you know i I hate it it doesn't work in black and white i was gonna say is it worth getting the blu-ray for i mean (laughs) it's it's no it's not um it's not like the I mean, I would argue even the shiny and crow Mad Max isn't really worth getting the extra double dip. But it's just yeah. unless you're really filming this in black, in, in black, I, you're I, I really preferred Adam's cut to yeah, the actual shiny and crow. Exactly, honestly, because basically it's just oh, we just retinted this movie. Yeah, and the thing is, unless you're actually shooting for black and white, we're like because there's all these cool shots in Logan Noir where you see light coming in through mm-hmm. that dome he's in, and people are like, look at that light in black and white, like. Yeah, it wasn't shot on 35, though, so there's no grains or anything mm-hmm. floating. So you're basically watching what, what in many scenes looks like a black and white CGI cartoon. Right. Cause, and it takes away everything with Wolverine's claws where he's gutting people because you don't see it. It's all black. And it just doesn't mm-hmm. work. It doesn't work. Victor was actually looking for it right there since you can't <laughs> see him pantomiming. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm yeah. doing the whole claw thing, but it's just—it's just one of those things. Yeah, the movie. What Victor's doing here is he's reenacting war <laughs> attack. Yeah, realistically, like I like the idea of it. The posters seem cool, but I, it, if you're gonna watch this movie, watch it in color because it's really, it's really color, color themed in a really cool, unique way that you're just—it doesn't work in black and white. Yeah, I'm um, not a fan of 3D, but that's another one I really hate. The, we're just gonna yeah. convert this. Oh, yeah, we're gonna throw. We're gonna get a few extra bucks. You know, out of people. and it's funny because I saw Wonder Woman the other day. I'm not gonna spoil it, but at the end of the movie, it says, "Oh, uh, you could also see this in IMAX," but the press screening wasn't because it was post converted. Mm. So when they do the press screening and in standard 2D, it kind of tells you, oh, well, the IMAX version isn't as good as you might think. Yeah, I mean, that's becoming more and more common. I just think 3D is severely falling out of favor. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was surprised. They're not making 3D Blu-ray players anymore. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, you, luckily, you can still get a PlayStation 4. Yeah. You know, um, and one thing that's actually really cool um, not only does the PlayStation 4 do 3D Blu-rays, but a lot of people don't know this, but the PlayStation VR yeah. um, will play 3D Blu-rays in 3D in the VR headset oh, as well. Oh, interesting. So, you know, that is at least a way for people to do I have a PlayStation that. 4, I'll have to try that out. Yeah, totally. If you've got a 3D TV, it'll totally I work. was just waiting for House of Wax. Uh, the original Vincent Price, that uh-huh. and Creature and Friday 13th Part 3, that's all I need. Right. Yeah. Personally, yeah, yeah, like yeah, that's sure. that's my trifecta. 3D is um, one of those things that kind of comes and goes. Like sure. uh, in 15 or 16 years, it'll be big again. Uh, but I was surprised that Alien Covenant wasn't even in 3D. I mean, when, when Prometheus was not only in 3D, but it was filmed in 3D. Right. Um, and has some of the best 3D I've seen. I mean, I would probably say it's one of the top five of you know how good the 3D was. Um, so it's really surprising to see how many people are just completely stepping away from it. Yeah. Um, but I will be seeing Wonder Woman tomorrow in IMAX 3D, so I'll report back and yeah. see if it was you know worth it at all. Yeah. I, I will say since I'll I'll just give a brief non-spoiler uh, mm. review of it. Um, Wonder Woman is easily the best DC cinematic universe movie. Now here's what my question is because I um I don't I mean, to me that's a very very low bar. 
It's know? it to me. It's the best genre movie that's come out this year in terms of superhero awesome. movies. It's a better movie than Logan is. Rank it like wow. in terms of like to Marvel, like Marvel Cinematic Universe films. Um, I will say it's better than any of the Thor movies. Okay, which is a similar kind of character. Sure. Um, it, it's it it's just weird because it's not like that. It doesn't yeah. really skew like a Marvel. Was movie. it like Winter Soldier good? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That's yes. awesome. that's the bar to me. Right. It's, it's, it's as good as Winter Soldier. That's awesome to hear. It, and it's it to me. Uh, here's here's how I can put it. The closest movie to this in terms of like side to side is uh, if you if you stack it up against a Captain America movie because sure. it's this is set during World War One, right? And this is a much better Captain America movie than Captain America mm-hmm. was. Right. Chris Pine. You watch this movie, you'll think, man, Chris Pine should have played Captain America. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Like awesome. I, that's why I'm thinking, like, oh man, like, you know, the people at DC are watching. It's like, fuck, why didn't we cast Chris Pine <laughs> as a bigger character right, than this right. side character yeah. in Wonder Woman? Yeah, damn it, we blew it. Yeah, we wasted our Chris Pine. But he's he's really good in this. He's really good. Well, in I this. like Chris Pine. Yeah, he's better in this than he is in any of the Star Trek movies. Yeah. I like when he's being funny. Like, yes, I mean, and in you that, get lots of that. What in was this. that? What was that limousine movie that that he was in? Oh God! What was that? It was like this really kind of bad but kind of interesting movie with like a limo driver, and I think it wasn't it was it Clive Owen was the limo driver. Mm. I'm gonna have to look this up now. But anyway, he's in that movie. Yeah, he's hilarious. They get movie. a lot out of his range in this because you know he can play kind of like sinister and kind of like uh you know somebody who's got a very rich inner life like in Zeus or Sakurai or something. Right. You get sh- like you could tell like. You know, Patty Jenkins like really got a lot out of these people, and it's much a much better scripted movie than I was expecting from a comic book movie. Like gotcha. they deal with a lot of cool, with a lot of little issues that I just wasn't expecting. Um, I think if you have kids and you're like a little girl or something, she's gonna want to get like role playing stuff to be wonder woman right after this oh, you know and that movie is called stretch by the way and it was, uh, and it was oh it has wilson. patrick wilson in yeah it. I don't it's, know why I it's a joe carnahan movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but he's so funny in stretch yeah um, like i said i'm not i'm not really hyping it up and i'll say this like you know like i i to some degree i'm an apologist for batman versus superman because i like batman the character right and ben affleck does a good job in that but it's a really flawed movie and they try to over it's overcooked this movie's not overcooked. Um, there's no post-credit scenes. There's no other superheroes in it. There's a little framing device that alludes to something, but it's just a little continuation of something from Batman versus Superman, and that frames the whole story. Awesome. Yeah, so it's a good movie. I think if you go in there with a low bar, you're going to be blown away, and if you think nice. that, you know, like, um, I'm hyped for this, you're going to leave even more hyped. Right. You know, and it's probably going to do good because there's nothing but shit coming out for the next few weeks. So seriously, yeah. Well, we got the Mummy next week. Hey Jeez. guys, the Mummy. It's been a disappointing summer. Yeah, I yeah. gotta say. I mean, even even Guardians. Did we learn nothing from Dracula until <laughs> <laughs> nothing? And you know what's interesting about the whole Dark Universe thing yeah. is that like they've been showing all these pictures of everybody from the Dark Universe, yeah. right? Like Johnny Depp is going to be the Invisible Man. And Javier uh, Javier Bardem is going to be Frankenstein's monster, but they're not showing Dracula in any of these pictures. So yeah. are they just ignoring Dracula? They're ignoring untold? Dracula untold. <laughs> it's because yes. I think originally and the, if uh, Mummy can't... does bad, are they going to ignore it, that? It was, it, basically, from what it was, is Dracula untold was going to be like the 
uh, unseen bridge at first if it had done well. Okay. Because uh, Charles Dance's character was like, oh, we'll put him in all the movies as the connector character. But now it's going to be um, Russell Crowe's character is going to be, because he's part, part of an organization that tracks these monsters. And as soon as I read this in the press release they sent me, I was like, this is fucking uh, Godzilla. This oh, is yeah? Yeah, it's the yeah. Godzilla, like, oh, it's uh, this fucking agency that tracks monsters. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. really? That's, why don't you, it, it's just, it's stupid. Like, I hate to put it into some, in a different context. It's like, in the world, in world wrestling entertainment, it's, they're, all their brands are run by general managers. Mm-hmm. So every other wrestling company has general managers. So it's like, oh, well, this is how we do it. Like, Marvel has S.H.I.E.L.D. and right. uh, Monarch is in the Godzilla movie. So we need a, an overarching mm-hmm. agency. I'm like, kill me. Fucking you, kill uh, me. Um, did you hear, by the way, who's doing the, the Kong versus Godzilla? Yeah, Adam Wingard. Yeah. Which, um, I, you know, I, I'm very interested to I'm see I'm interested as well. After Blair Witch, I'm like, no. Yeah, because that's, that's what it was. Yeah. Like, you know, I like <laughs> the guest and I like your next. Yeah. But God, Blair Witch is... Yeah, I I don't know. I don't really fault his direction. I fault sure. the idea of a Blair Witch movie. Like yeah. he tried to do shit with drones and everything. I I still think he could have done a good version yeah. of that. I am interested. I mean, my guess though, honestly, is this kind of feels like it bodes well for Death Note because it, it, I don't think they would have given him something like that oh, on the screen. That's a good point. Yeah, so I think I didn't maybe think about they that. saw Death Note and said, okay, he's actually really good for this. So I mean, that makes me hopeful for Death Note. For yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was a digression. Yeah, no, and I guess I, I jumped into Wonder Woman too quick, but I guess we might as well talk about the elephant in the room of Alien Covenant, <laughs> the movie that most of us have seen, but none of us have actually mentioned. <laughs> the neomorph in the room? Yeah. Uh, um. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I Prometheus is a good movie, kind of. and <laughs> It, it kind of almost seems better yeah. now, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, and then... You get Alien Covenant, which is really Prometheus too. So which... I'm curious. To, so Kirby, you saw? Yeah, Covenant, I actually just right? saw it last night. What did I, you um, think? Was anticipating talking about more, making it more central, but it was also because I just hadn't seen it yet for a couple weeks, and I was like, you know, I'll go check out a matinee screen of this, and I did. And um, for me, it's just that Prometheus. You know, you were talking about like the 3D and, and um, you know, it, it's so beautiful. It's mm. such a gorgeous movie. It, it just doesn't deliver. Like, that's the problem with Prometheus. It just is so bloated. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost trying to be like European or I don't even know how to ascribe it to somebody, but it's it's just overreaching. Um, is the, And it's not because Ridley Scott can't make a complex or... Um, uh, far from surface film it's just that ridley scott is not interested in making a movie about aliens i'm just dropping that mic right now no he's not it's just like he kind of likes the aesthetic or the universe but most of this movie is about rogue ai that has nothing to do with aliens or xenomorphs or anything it's very bizarre that he even got 20th century fox to agree to call this an alien movie it really makes me wonder why he didn't just start this whole thing by doing something other than an alien movie in the first place with yeah. prometheus but you know one of my biggest complaints actually is that this film is called alien covenant i wish it was just called covenant yeah you know like i think that yeah because then it would be like oh because the first movie was about the ship prometheus right. and this one is covenant exactly. which is about the ship here right. you know and they go, and it clearly is made in a point. Like, people always think Prometheus 
is the it's the same planet it's the same lv um no it's well, not it well, is no no exactly but 426 but it's like it's not it's a completely different planet it is not the same creature you know what i mean it's like yeah. the kind of but I mean, here we are like and five covenant, years later yeah. still talking about the same thing. Like, I, it's not gonna, the same I'm thing i'm just gonna say this this movie is kind of the prequel that you weren't promised in prometheus but it's done completely off screen in a flashback right you know, right. we're basically, uh, I mean, we're going to spoil it. I mean. Uh, Not too much. Big well. With, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, we got a seal of approval. So. Yeah. So basically what we're led to, um, there's a ship called Covenant, which gets a beacon as their, you know, Earth is destroyed. So the company is sending them to find a new planet to colonize. Um, they get a beacon and it's a planet which they go to and it's the planet that David and Elizabeth Shaw end up in mm-hmm. at the end of uh, uh, Prometheus or years afterwards, which we later find is the creator's planet or the engineer's planet, sure. which David, in his insanity, decided to commit massive genocide yeah. because he's the overarching villain of the alien universe now. Where, you know, if he can't be a god, he's going to kill the gods that made us. It doesn't even make much sense for him to do that. Like, I could actually even see Shaw doing something like that. Yeah. Because Shaw herself, like, she is, you know, I could see her getting twisted, right? Yeah. You know, I wanted to find my makers. You guys turned out to be monsters. You hate us. You treated us terribly. Now I'm going to destroy you. You know, like, but, but why would David do that? I don't know. And all you can really muster is... So he destroyed their planet, which I have to imagine had all the remaining ships, and he just sent out the xenomorph plague out everywhere. So the LV-426 happens with a ship that David engineered this virus, and it just crashed there. That's all I can think happened now. I really hate the whole virus idea. It was probably my most hated part of the movie, was this, and how everything's instantaneous. Yeah, he basically spent a decade... And he, he to, experimenting on a person to, in order to create the xenomorph uh, plague. See, the impression that I got was all of the um, the, the bodies, like the thousands of yeah. bodies. They were the ones that were the host to all the eggs that were yeah. on LV-426 and that were basically still missing a movie here yeah. because they were crashed in the engineer ship. Yeah, you know, on LV four twenty six. So I mean, that, well, it feels like we're still missing a it, film. We here. are because of, here's the thing: there were these little eggs out in the mm-hmm. forest, and then the ones that David engineered are the eggs from aliens. Yeah. and it seems like he needs like people to be able to make those eggs. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's the whole point. What I'm saying is, with the virus and stuff, it feels almost like it's like a James Cameron ramping it up. But with no expertise or quality, it's like what I'm going to do is I'm just going to make everything as right. fast as possible. But no, no, no. Yeah. let me finish my thought here. It's just because it, what really bothers me about it so much is it's just that it's like less of this whole idea of David being the perfectionist, being the scientist, being the god. Yeah. Of, of that is going to unleash, you know, this this you know horde. It's I, I just couldn't deal with the idea of that. It's not even from a scientific approach. It's almost like people really, you know, because the first Alien is such an atmospheric film. It is literally the best part is the first half because it isn't action oriented. I, I atmospheric. To this, I'll, I'll, I'll say this just just to kind of bring it center. Um, 
Dan O'Bannon is the guy who created Alien. He wrote that movie, came up with the story, and this these two movies are proving to me that Ridley Scott literally can't make an Alien movie without yeah. Dan O'Bannon. I mean, I definitely think that um that uh you know that, that I mean well Ron Chessett deserves yeah. a lot of credit with that too. Um, and even uh, David Geiler and Walter Hill deserve yeah. a lot of credit with that. I mean, that was really a group effort between those four. It was actually funny because I just watched like the two hour long documentary about the making of Alien. And yeah. you get to watch those four people all kind of wrestle between each other and try and, and lay claim to the creation of Alien. Yeah. Which, I mean, it really seems like the whole space truckers thing was Geiler and Hill and the like the idea of the alien and incubation and all that stuff was actually you well, know, I, I feel like the space trucker thing is the one thing Ridley Scott has gotten right because right. the, the two pilots like Idris Elba's character and um uh uh, uh what's his face uh Danny, Danny McBride oh, sure. are the same character as Harry Dean Stanton yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so like, that part's but once you get into the mythology it's mm-hmm. just that's the point is, is that none of those people are Ridley Scott. Yeah. Yeah. But the point of what I was making to go back to was just the whole point of Prometheus people are saying, oh, it's too slow. It's almost like, oh, I hear you. Oh, ramp it all up. But I'm going to make it so messy. There's going to be so little cohesion oh, this that it movie doesn't is matter. A mess of that shit. This is, movie's been massively recut and reshot. Mm-hmm. Given my fact that James Franco, whose second build is in the movie for 12 seconds. Yeah. yeah. And then the end is just like, the end of aliens right on steroids yeah and, and you know it just really <laughs> made me sad because i miss ridley scott i miss the ridley scott that i think the last time that we really had this ridley scott was honestly in 2000 with it Glad Glad yeah no doubt um you know a ridley scott that's not afraid to have a shot that lasts for 30 seconds and there are tr- some truly because i i did go see alien covenant the second time yeah. um because i wanted to go see it with some friends that hadn't seen it um, and it was, uh, you know, there were like these really beautiful shots when they were in the necropolis yeah. and it was all dark and you just had like these amazing shots of the mountains in the background and the moonlight coming through the clouds and all these, these black frozen bodies. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Let me drink that in. But I couldn't no. because it lasted for half of a freaking second. I watched Prometheus again, like on, on voodoo before, like after we saw it and it was just like, yeah, it's just like. He's afraid to linger on things. Well, it makes Prometheus look like Alien in And comparison. I hate to say it, I'm kind of over the whole idea of, like... Because it happened in, in uh, Alien Covenant here. The gist of the movie happens from people being stupid. Right, dude. Like, come on, you do not stick your face in alien spores. And even before that... You wear a damn helmet if you're going on to a new planet for yeah. the first time. I don't care if your computer said that its environment is fine. You, Your computers cannot test all the microbes and the bacteria that are on this planet. Yeah. You wear a helmet. That is a completely unscientific way to do it. And everybody can tell that. How did nobody in the writer's room say that on Prometheus, much less allow it to happen again? Because that's one of the worst aspects. In, it gets into the idea that when you watch a horror movie on any level... That we, we you need all these extra characters because we're expecting most of them to die, right? Sure. And sure. it's it's just dumb. But the only thing I will say I liked about it was the and really this is it for me was the body horror aspect uh-huh. that they ramped up. It's not just mindless gore. It was more focused on that idea visually. I thought that looked great, and I thought it was actually frightening. But that was it. I mean, when that's your whole like, here's my plus. Yeah. Like, to me, that just kind of nails the coffin shut. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of like all I really wanted to say on Alien yeah. Covenant. 
because the other thing that was going on because eh, i want to have you know jasper interject here because i feel like we've been kind of shutting him out i want to hear what bit. jasper's been watching <laughs> what have you been doing jasper is is the con thing we like we we've missed two weeks of <laughs> episodes because we've been doing oh, yeah. conventions right you know and jasper jasper had a booth at mad monster just like we did yep so we're going to talk about that a little bit and uh one of the big things that happened uh you know mad monster was uh and we got to do the pinhead experience yeah we didn't really get to talk about that all that much how was that it was interesting why don't okay you talk about it for a second kirby um yeah just real quick we did the um the pinhead experience uh originally wasn't going to um um actually victor and adam before i've actually kind of been uh, more involved in the photo ops but um We've done a few, and uh, this is one I really, really wanted to do. And originally, I wasn't because of the, I thought it was prohibitive because of the cost. Yeah. And then I finally could buy it four ways. So I wrote Victor, Adam, and Anna, and we all agreed to do this. And um, I don't think any of us actually knew 100% what to expect. Um, and actually, I can also say I think we're the only people who did it twice. Oh, really? We did it twice because... Um... The way the pinhead experience works is you go into a recreation of uh, the the attic uh-huh. of uh, I don't remember what the last name is of the Frank movie. Cotton. Yeah, the Cotton. The house. Cotton House. Yeah. It's, and then you go in there, something happens, and you know, pinhead comes out, and then the box opens, and it's just like when you're on an amusement park ride. Cool. And when the box opens, they take your picture. Your oh, Splash okay. Mountain moment. Yeah, it's like it's yeah, like it's an amusement park ride kind of thing. So it didn't work. The first time the camera didn't work the first time we did it correctly. Oh, really? So we got to go on it again. And I was actually literally taken by the Cenobites. I wasn't in the photo <laughs> at all. I wasn't in the photo. But, like, I will say we were the second people who did it. And uh, so uh, when we went in there, we weren't really sure what to expect. So we were just like, oh, we're just going to stand here and we're going to get a little show or something. Yeah. No, they're trying to position you for the yeah, picture. Yeah, I think they should probably pose you for a picture. I mean, that's going to be an important thing to you. Yeah. Like, you, I mean, Splash Mountain's one thing. You pay $10 for a Splash Mountain picture. You know, like, you want that to be a cool picture with you and yeah. Douglas Bradley that's not just a, oh, my eyes are half open and yeah. I'm making a derp face, you know? There no. was some plenty of O faces. I did see some <laughs> other people's yeah. photos. But um, the second time we did it, because the first time we did it, the lighting wasn't super great. So, like, Doug Bradley came out in his uh, new suit. The arms are kind of baggy. So it kind of looked like an old guy doing pinhead. Like, like Which pu- is what it was. Did he have a yeah. Shirt? <laughs> and he comes out and he's like, oh, I need some Metamucil. <laughs> you know, and I'm just kind of like, we go through and I'm like, so that was it, huh? You know, but then we went through it the second time. We'll and, tear your all you yeah. eat salad bar apart. You know, we came out and they kind of asked us what we thought, and I was just kind of like, anything I said critical, they took it really bad. Like they wanted criticism, but they really didn't. <laughs> you know, and and so we went through it again, and the second time it was better because he was more in the shadows, kind of, and then he, he like walked into like the right light, and then he kind of posed. And I'm like, oh, thank you, because now he didn't look like I'm pinhead. Right. Look at my pins, <laughs> you know. And we, we just gotta... need to have a webcam in this so we can just focus on Victor <laughs> right. all the time. Yeah, totally. It's very animated. <laughs> yeah, but it it was cool because uh, you know we we got a good picture. 
me and Kirby are totally like cinnabiting it, and Anne is like freaking out, and Adam looks like Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> Adam is a huge. If you didn't, so, if you're new to the podcast, Adam is a huge Clyde Barker yeah. acolyte. I was out of the room for a quick second. Did you talk about uh, Doug Bradley spelling your name wrong? Yet? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I kind of fuck something up. I, well, Doug I Bradley don't blame you. I know you don't, but I still blame myself because I'm just like that. But I <laughs> learned that, yeah, I mean, that's just who I am. But um, Victor informed us that we could actually go and get our photo op signed free of charge. And I was actually... Which to... was, like, they should have said that ahead of time because I certainly probably would have gotten it sold out faster. Oh, yeah. Because Friday doubt. didn't sell out, I think. He, and he's very fair. I mean, Doug Bradley's always been fair. I've gotten different photographs and autographs from him over the time. And he's he's uh, like Sid Hag and PJ Souls, who are also there. It's very fairly priced. Um, but he uh, signed it. He signed mine, and then he signed Victor's. And I have a bit of what we call the Seattle slur, uh, where my uh, speech gets a little bit. But I clearly said to him, Victor. And I even spelled it out, V-I-C-T-O-R. And I, I, what, sorry, he what wrote did he write? wasn't even close. What? He wrote to Distov. What? To Distov? Distov. How was that I don't even, D-I-S-T-O-V. Oh my God. I don't know how the so fuck that happened. On, Victor's right. Eastern European heritage. Yeah, I think we just uh, need to change your name. I, and to me, it, it's one of those things where like, okay, I've done enough. Um, I've done enough autograph things where like, if they don't, because Chuck Palahniuk did this when I got stuff signed from him. Before you, he even grabs the pen, he gives you a slip of paper. He's like, write your name out clearly because yeah, nice. he doesn't want to fuck with it. And uh, and he did it, and then uh, it was a cool. He wrote you know, perfectly, but here I guess he, he's like he did not. Do he anything. did not. He's just like oh, aka Victor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just oh, like just um, buddy. <laughs> I like I get it. You got a huge line of people, but fuck, dude, give me like a free T-shirt or something. Well, no, I, I told Victor. I mean, I really genuinely felt absolutely terrible, but I was like, I will go get you another autograph or something. But the best part, of course, what made, you know, of course, I come back and Victor goes, I even want it personalized. I'm like, it's a fucking picture of you. <laughs> what else are you going to do with it? Yeah. So, um, but I mean, Which is why it, it, it's not a big deal after the fact. Because I'm like, it's fine. I have lots of signed stuff. I'm not really going to go, oh, yeah, it's his distop. <laughs> but it's funny because it makes a good story. It's a good it story. does. It yeah, ended up so actually I working just, out. And thankfully... I have it in storage. I need to like frame it up and put it with the rest of them. But uh... but I came to Comic Con and Victor had it in one of the sleeves just because of packing up. And I really thought like I sat down, it was right in my like <laughs> line of sight, and I'm like, dude, what seppoku is that going to be acceptable <laughs> here to uh, make like, amends? Look at it. Look, Look at it! it! <laughs> <laughs> but before we go, that the only reason I, you know, I did the the thing in the re- is because uh, if you went back and got your your picture signed, he gave you a nail from his makeup for what? free, oh, and that's crap. why we went and did it. Yeah, that's yeah. true. There was, he, like I said, Victor's got it right. If Adam they got had, one of those, right? If they had ran no, the nail, no, because oh, he didn't come back. I think on that day, oh, no. so. Yeah, but they um, if they had advertised, and they're it, real nails. It's real nails wow. with real wow. um makeup. The yeah. real uh, 
Yeah. Uh, if if they had if Victor's right, if they had played up that you would get free signature, and obviously Doug Bradley always gives free photo ops, and then are free pictures with him, and then in uh, and then giving him a nail. I mean, oh, first yeah. it was sixty bucks. That's more than Dude, worth people it. would pay sixty bucks for the pen alone. Yeah, yeah, you know. So that was yeah. that was a worthwhile. Yeah. How was how was it for you, Jasper? Man, Monster was good. Um, it was good for us because it was really the first uh, show we've done in like two years. We uh, since rebranding ourselves as the House of Freaks Podcast dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, you can plug. I know. Uh, <laughs> before that, we were Freaky Wearers, and we were that for. 10 years and uh we kind of got out of the con scene because we had personal stuff going on and just kind of fell off but it was good to get back in it and it was the first con we really did that we didn't have uh t-shirts with us we took all uh do-it-yourself stuff we made candles and uh bookmarks and magnets and buttons and really cool stuff and it was the most stress-free con we had ever done because we weren't worrying about making back our all the money we sunk into playing t-shirts right so it was really nice we actually this was actually the first show i've ever vended at that i actually got everything that i looked at like you know you make the rounds and you're oh i like that i like that i like that and if you're like me you go i'll come back and see if that's there on sunday and i mean it was all little stuff but literally every single thing that i was like i'll come back and get that on sunday was still there, and I actually got everything. Nice. That I cool. Like, what are some the prize? The like... prize of that being uh, the uh, new nightmare, Freddy Krueger from uh-huh. Mecca. Oh, nice! That's really cool. That's yeah, he awesome. had, he has the extra demon head. He's too, got the extra cool. demon head and everything. It's That's really bad. really cool. Very I cool. scored that. Um, you I also got... got to sit next to one of the children of the corn all weekend, right? <laughs> Which one? No. I still don't know if he was cosplaying or not. I so. Pre- <laughs> so there was a guy because Jaster's booth was between. Sculptures. Was there was like one guy between both of our booths, <laughs> and he made these like paper mache sculpts, which looked really they cool. were awesome. But he literally was dressed like Randy Isaac. Quaid in a yeah. fucking uh, kingpin, kingpin yeah. with a giant hat and everything. Wow, the vest. Yes. Yes. He rocked the vest too. I mean, I really was looking for the sight. Like I was right. like, come on, man. You should have invited bowling afterwards. We should have. <laughs> yeah, you Americans with your 18... You English with your 18 frames. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I picked up a Godzilla playset from the 90s. I don't know if anybody remembers this. It's pretty much... It, it was like the Micro Machines era. It was a big Godzilla head, and you flip it open, and it's a cityscape. And oh, it's got I a, totally remember yeah. that. And it's got a mini Godzilla and a mini Mothra inside it. Uh, I scored one of those. That was awesome. What's the other one? Mighty Max. That Mighty was the other S. one that had the pocket thing, yeah. Totally. Um, little stuff like that. My wife got a couple of Living Dead dolls she's been looking for, so that was pretty exciting. Yeah, they... You know, they didn't have a ton of vendors, but the merch was, like, pretty pretty solid, I Yeah, thought. there was only one really good toy vendor, I think. It was the guy right across from you. Yeah, Screws. where I got most Screws of Toys. In if LA. you want to find them online, he also has a booth at Frankenson. Good guy. Good mm. guy. Um, well, yeah. Speaking of uh, merch, I just want to say, I, I uh, knew you guys appreciate it. I just got the... Uh, the the reanimator cards the fright rags oh yes oh yeah. nice yeah those things are so sick man like um and i i actually because uh all of them sold out um all of like because they had like the big boxes full of wax packs yeah and those ones all sold out because i only made like 120 of those 
and those ones actually came with two full sets Fuck, in them. I should have bought one of those. Um, and uh, so what I did, you know, because then the only ones that they have now, and just so you know, guys, these are they're actually on sale, sale for 50% yeah. off. Yeah. Um, a- and it's just one full set, but it doesn't have the stickers. Um, but it's like, you know, it's only like $33. Yeah. But I really wanted the box and the wax pack yeah, so yeah. bad. I, I bought one and I uh-huh. really I had it was actually difficult because I've been a non sports collector. I got back into it a few years ago and it's it's expensive. Like it's an expensive hobby. Yeah. Amazingly it's not going up because the amount of hits have gone up is what you know, so you're talking um sketches, autographs, printing plates. But um Ben did this series, Ben from Fright Rags and his team and it was um he did three forms, as what Josh told him. He did a 24-pack box with both. Um, you got two full sets of the cards plus the complete chase set, the only way you could get it. And then you actually got – it was a credible value, though. You got a sketch. Um, Jeff Zornow, a lot of other gray artists did it. Um, I think Victor's favorite, Nathan Thomas Milliner, was in the set as well. And um, But some really good artists really were involved. And then um, you actually – the one signer was Barbara Crampton. So oh. you got a guaranteed sketch card and a guaranteed autograph card. Mm-hmm. And those are both the autograph cards consistently selling for about fifty bucks. Right. So it's well worth it. Um but then they did the packs and they're originally sixty seven. They're down to thirty three right now. Mm-hmm. You get a guarantee nice. you get a fifty fifty chance of a sketch card or a um autograph card and then but one full set. Have, yeah, and it doesn't just have no chases, subset. Just no subset. I found on eBay, um, and I was so I was super happy because the the thing that really killed me about it is I really because I've got other like boxes where I've got the whole box with a bunch of wax mm-hmm. packs in it, right? And that's just something I like to collect. So I found somebody on eBay who for sixty five dollars was selling the full set and the full chase set. Yep. And then the empty box and the full thing of empty wax packs. Oh, yep. nice. Um, so I totally kind of got the... I, so the only thing, I didn't get the signature and yeah, the sketch yeah, exactly. card, which I'm totally fine with. Um, but I got all of the cards and all the chase, and I still have the nice display with all the wax packs nice. and everything. Yeah, and that's yeah. what a, the big part about non-sports cards is, is that um, most people are busting them. What they call it? Busting wax and stuff uh-huh. is just to get the chase or the hits. And then you kind of like, oh, which is fun, but... Um, this is an amazingly well done series. Yeah, so. it's really yeah. nice. Busting sure. wax. Oh, Jasper should actually talk about some of the stuff he was selling. Yeah. he had a really cool sticker set that. Uh, yeah, very cool. You should put up I on did, your uh, site so oh, people yeah. can buy it. Oh, that, it's gonna happen. Yeah. eventually. Yeah, let um, me no, so I can buy it. Dude, tell, tell, I was yeah, those. tell our listeners about. I this. did a, I did a set of the uh, like in the eighties when you'd go to the store and they had the uh, foil horror stickers. With like Freddy Krueger and Jason and like horror movie stickers, but the the foil sticky ones. Um, I uh, did a reproduction of about six of those. I had a Nightmare on Elm Street one, a Jason Lives, um, vampires, uh, not vampires, um, vamps, vamp, right? That yeah, Grace yeah, Jones vampire yeah. movie. Um, they live. And uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of what else I had in that pack now. Were they foil? Oh, the Howling. They're not foil, but they look exactly like. Yeah, it's the same dimensions and everything. Yeah, they came out really well. I put them all in a pack together um, for like five bucks. Like the kinds you used to get at like the fifty cent machine. Absolutely, with the the cardboard. cardboard. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's That's exactly what it was. And uh, they did really well. Um, We also did some buttons. Biggest seller was the, uh, I did like a, I think I called it Creepy Vixens when I did the backings for the buttons, but it was Vampira, 
um, Louis Munster and um, oh geez, <laughs> the Bride of Frankenstein. No, no, no. It was uh, uh, Morticia Adams. Oh, nice man. I was drawing a blank there. I don't know why. Um, I yeah. The, so those two did really, really well. Um, I like the nostalgia factor. Yeah, kind of I'm gonna have so. to do a version of that for Monster Palooza. Yeah, definitely. So uh, yeah, and then uh, Comic Con. Uh, hung out at the Cult Classics booth for a day on Saturday. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, scored a Jason uh, Part Four. Yeah, yes, it was awesome. Um, got a good deal on that from a guy. Um, I went to that there. same booth on Sunday. They, they had a lot yeah. of good shit there. It was toy anxiety. Yeah, they had a lot of good stuff there. But I like because it was Jason with the hockey checks on his mask. Yes, right. And I was like, ah, oh, that's such that's like the good mask. Right. I like that one. But uh, yeah, that they had good stuff there. Yeah, I, I easily could have dropped two or three hundred bucks there probably. And their stuff was really reasonably priced. Also, it was really cool. They, I was really torn between that and they had the, uh, the hanging skin guy that goes with your creditor setups. Um, <laughs> oh, the skinned person. Yeah, that you can hang upside down and it comes with like all the accessories and shit. Oh, nice. That that's, was like, that's right. Does he have like a pile of entrails below him too? Um, no, there's <laughs> like a there's like a bloody table and something else I didn't put there, but it's really really cool. Did you find the drug den diorama? <laughs> Like, because that's what I'm looking for. Right. That's an action place that I need. <laughs> they need the the one from Predator 2. That's what I'm like, talking about. Yeah, yeah. To the chick fucking like the guy. It, yeah. In the window. Yeah, through the, that was a great shot, by the way. Yeah. The, through the window. And yeah. Had, like, and then, no pun intended. <laughs> but, uh, no, that's cool. So, yeah, but um, I've been, uh, I'm catching up on The Flash. I don't know if any of you guys are watching that. They're adding that sh- those CW shows to Netflix so quick, like yeah, the day are. after the season finale. Yeah, I guess they just added Doctor Strange to that too. Has so. anyone watched Riverdale? No, no. that's on Netflix. Like too. I hear it's really good, and I'm like, I would never watch this show, but I've heard from so many people. It's like, no, I know, but it's like seriously, it's really good and dark, and like you should watch it. <laughs> no, and I then and that, then yeah. what the season next one will be the Archie Undead. Cause that's what I'm no, they for. were saying it might because they were saying that Sabrina, the teenage witch, is going to be on season wow. two, but it's yeah. going to be the, you know, the Cthulhu esque version. Yeah, not the, yeah. Uh, I figured. Yeah. I mean, I I grew up on Archie, like Double Digest. I loved those when I was a kid, so I actually have a fondness. It's kind of like um, Dick Tracy too, for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Like I just grew up on love, even before the movie came out. I think it came influence from my father. And that's the thing, like, I know a couple of people that have watched it, and both of them told me it's just amazing. But I'm kind yeah, of the same thing. I know, I'm, I'm like, like yeah. yeah. But, you know, know the one thing that's really interesting to me is that all, uh, like, a bunch of their advertising is clearly an homage to It Follows. Yeah. Like, it's obvious. Like, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's a it's a shot of, like, two people in making out in the yeah. car. Oh, wow. And even the logo treatment is, like, yeah. the same, and it's got the same blue lettering oh, and everything. Funny. Um, so I was like, that that's interesting on its I own. I wish there was an It Follows TV show. That would be really awesome. That would be kind of interesting. I haven't even if gone it was done to, right. I haven't even gone to see the new Twin Peaks show yet. No, uh, it's it's incredible, guys. Like, holy crap! We didn't expect anything else. Yeah, I mean, I honestly was I I it could have gone either way because David Lynch has done so little recently. Yeah. Um, and I I mean I'm 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 floored. I feel that it's better than um I mean most of the original series. Um, the original series, 
you know, had these moments. And, and I also feel Fire Walk With Me was like this, where it's like, this was David Lynch at his best. And then there was all these parts that were not David Lynch. And they were kind of like, eh, the filler in between yeah. where you're waiting for the next amazing David Lynch part. This is like nothing but the amazing David Lynch nice. part. Is like, the original series on Netflix? It is. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking it's I want to. Hulu too. I'm think. thinking I want to rewatch all of that before yeah. I go back in. The great thing about Twin Peaks, then for me, is though it's just like the X Files, where it's so 90s. Yeah. Just yeah. the way everybody's dressed and the hair yeah. and everything yeah. about it. I know. Is just for, so 90s. Yeah. It's actually on everything because I know I was watching uh, Amazon Prime yesterday, and you can watch the whole show on there if you have Prime. Yeah. Because. Uh, Oh yeah, that was a cool thing yesterday. That um, which we call it a. Uh, so I had bought a the season three pass mm-hmm. for Lucha Underground. Oh yeah, 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 and it was like you know like twenty something episodes, and then they started the new season, and it's called see it's season three point five, so it's part of my season pass. That's awesome. So I'm getting two seasons for the price of one. Mm-hmm. So I'm like score sure, yep. best like 1499 yeah. ever i i will say one <laughs> thing um jasper just uh you know if if you don't want to go through all of twin peaks because which i do it, you I know and, do. yeah by all means <laughs> I, yeah because i was gonna say like the, the most important things are like honestly i think like the pilot like the first episode yeah. the last episode of the series fire walk with me and i think you're pretty fine like you don't really need yeah. all the well other, the uh yeah. the only other thing is my wife's never seen it oh uh, sure so sure. i'm seeing yeah. that as a very good opportunity just to yeah. watch it again Unlike the X Files that I rewatched on my own because she refused to rewatch it with me. Right, right. So, but my biggest thing uh, I've been into lately is I found the joy of Comixology. Oh, nice. the comic book app. Oh man, yeah, I got the uh, subscription to that, which gives you a lot of free downloadable shit, and I just delved into my childhood, and I've been reading. Uh, I downloaded the entire Fantastic Four Masterworks, and I've been working my way through that. I just read the uh, X Men Wolverine story arc, Enemy of the State which is where he gets kidnapped by uh, Hydra and uh, the Hand, and they brainwash him to take everybody out. It, it's really, nice. really good. But, uh, yeah, I've uh, been fairly uh, deeply submersed in my tablet. And uh, once I made that connection between my tablet and comic books, I think my life kind of ended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's segue into comics and talk about the uh, pop culture zeitgeist every year here. Uh, not the one where Victor went to kill the Green Ranger or anything, but right, right. <laughs> did you think that too when they had that picture? I was like, no. really? Like, that That's what not... I look like? No, 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 not no. Really, no but that guy doesn't have a He could have been related, I think. That guy, uh, no, he, he also looked like guy. he also looked like a young HR Geiger, like yourself. <laughs> I I just was amazed because I came down on Friday. I'd say at about five thirty. And I guess that shit had all gone down, and I actually, there was no trouble getting in and out. But then coming back Friday, I was like, oh my god. It just it just affected our tra- our sales yeah. traffic so badly. I just, I'm so irritated by that, the way they handled that. It was so stupid. I was already on the fence. Like, Victor, you're going to get Liam to make a hit inside. No, it's just one of those <laughs> things where they didn't know what to do. As if this was the doomsday scenario they had never planned for with their only 300 paid <laughs> staff for a con with over 80,000 people. It seems like it was a major overreaction. Yeah. Sorry, man, I didn't mean to cut you off on oh, that yeah, one. No, and th- so they ended up uh, that day, I think, extending our our time there by almost two hours. Right. Like, oh yeah, since no one got in and they were waiting in line for hours, we're going to make the vendors stay here till nine. Mm-hmm. 
And it's just like, oh, my word. It, it was. Well, here's yeah. how bad the staffing thing was. When I got there Saturday, like I told you, it took me half an hour to get from the street to your booth. Yeah. But I kept trying to find somebody to ask. I was pretty sure I was headed in the right direction. But I'm like, dude, if I get to the other of this building, that's not where the hall's at. I'm going to lose my shit. I didn't see one single volunteer the entire time I was trying to get to the booth until I yeah. got inside until I got inside the the actual Which I never area. which I never had a problem with in any of the years past. Yeah. And there were times I needed to ask them. I'd forget and I don't want to look at that map because I'm lazy as shit. Right. No, because yeah. it used to be you challenged. could go right to the front door and I'd just hand you a badge. That's true too. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. think I, that would have worked this year. Well, I don't even think over the last couple of years. And it's like, look, I know you're running a business here and all that, but I mean, seriously, this is getting out of control. With this is obviously something beyond your control. Like, I, I'm not guilty anybody on this, but it's like, and I feel kind of for him because it's like you had a really bad year. Right. Like this was not exactly the best. You know, nobody situation. expects a lunatic. No. Well, no, no, I mean, in the whole volunteer <laughs> yeah. situation and oh, all yeah. that. But yeah. I think that... And then there was the drama with the lightsaber people, and there's just like... Oh, I mean, Which, all... by the way, uh, they were totally in the wrong. There's no guarantee of making a profit in yeah. a comic Oh, con. I agree. Or any the fact show that they that were matter. even given a refund is speaks to the staff at Phoenix Con. And handing like, out a bunch of flyers at the thing. Which was... apparently they were also uh, blanketing the cars in the parking lot with that. That's just childish. It is, but that apparently what I've heard, that's part of the course for them. Which so. is stupid because it's so easy. I mean, I understand you lost your valuable advertising dollars, but it's like, dude, what are you? The guy from, uh, what do you call it? The uh, Girls Gone Wild? Like, that's the equivalence the guy pays. <laughs> like, because yeah. it's so childish. It's like, the difference is saying, I mean, if you want to release a statement and all that and say that you feel this way because of these reasons, I can understand that. Like, I'm not against that. You don't have to be quiet about stuff, but you also, you know, have to like contrast a little bit and understand yeah. it's but the same thing with the cosplayers. It's like, I understand you worked really hard on this. I don't want you to feel like, hey, man, like everyone's like, ah, oh, you know, fuck off and die. But it's also like if you're going to sit there and have a complete and utter fit of which I did see numerous times, it's like, I mean, leave. Like, I don't want you here anyways. I don't want to associate with 90% of the people that go there. Mm. And I don't care who hears that. I mean, that's the way I honestly <laughs> feel. It's just kind of like, it's not because. It's like, this is a place for everybody. But, I mean, it doesn't mean I just tolerate you. I'm not going to accept you. Or that, you know, I believe in what you believe. Especially if you're going to have behavior like that. It's like, this is a, a public safety crisis. Yeah, overreaction to the extreme. Oh, yeah. I mean, they kind of went a little too TSA. But um, yeah. at the same time, it's like this really happened. This wasn't like an imagined thing or sure. potentially could have happened. I mean, this actually did. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's the way I think. But for the actual con itself, I mean, I just don't think. The only thing I will say this year is a plus. I, I like that there were a lot more vendors on the third floor with the thing in the arcade and all that. And moving the uh, charity groups up there, I thought was a really good idea as well. Uh, I mean, I'm not a fan of there being vendors on the third floor, but I mean, it just devalues uh, the investment people have already paid for uh, for a booth on the lower floor. 
but adding more vendors while the attendance is not going up to me is just like we need to make money anywhere we can. You well, know? the attendance is flatlined. I mean, yeah. I don't think that's going to change. I mean, the reason I didn't go this year, and I, I honestly didn't go last year either, um, I just, I need more than vendors. I need yeah. some really compelling, um, you know, panels to go to and some things like that. And, and it's just, I don't know, I'm not really drawn by vendors. Yeah. I have enough places I can buy stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. that's the, that's a, just a changing demographic now. Yeah. And that's only really happened in the last two years, even though online commerce no. is huge. And well, what I'll say this, too, is, like, you know, a, a lot of people who come to our events came out to support us at the booth. And they did. Specifically, Thank you. we're like, what do you have here that you don't have at Cold Classics? And basically, that what that's telling me is, you know, stuff like uh, buttons and the mini VHS matchboxes are going to make their way to Cold Classics more often because yeah. I'd rather build that up and keep you know, sure. investing in Phoenix Con they don't really invest in us so much. You well, know? here's my here's my take on the whole thing because I have kind of a short story how I got lost on the vendor floor. When <laughs> I first got in, one of my favorite comic book artists, his name is Dan Schaefer. He did a comic series called Dog Witch. And um, when I first got on the vendor floor, I saw a huge banner with his name on it and the Dog Witch character. And I got really excited because he's English and he doesn't come to America very often. And I'm like, oh, my God, fucking Dan Schaefer's here. This is amazing. I'm like, all right, stay on task. I'm here to help Victor. I'll shenanigan later, you know. So I made my way to the booth. And all day I'm thinking about it. Dan Schaefer's here. Dan Schaefer's here. So finally around 430, I think Kirby came and relieved me. And I took off and I'm running around. while I got all disoriented and lost and couldn't remember where I saw the banner at. And I kind of wandered around for like 40 minutes. Until I finally found that damn Dan Schaefer booth. And there's a lady sitting there. And I'm like, hey, is Dan Schaefer here? And she goes, no. He's just one of the artists on our on our, uh, in our group that does whatever. Yeah. I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? Bummer. She's like, yeah, he's English. He doesn't come to America very often. I said, I know. That's why I was <laughs> excited. But while I was walking around, one of the things I noticed that kind of bothered me that I kind of mentioned to a couple people later was, all the comic book artists that were there, they were just kind of sitting at tables by themselves. And I'm at an event called Comic-Con, and nobody's getting comics signed by their favorite comic book artists because they're too interested in the movie star that's there or the damn TV star. that, Or fucking Dick Van Dyke. Why the fuck was Dick Van Dyke? I just turned into Kirby. Uh, Why the mean... fuck was Dick Van Dyke? I'm fucking icon. Icon. I don't know what else to tell you. Like, icon you know? Dick Van Dyke, I, you know. I can I mean, just say I personally speak. Night at the museum much? The never-ending chase for uh, the flavor of the moment guest along with like one super weird guest. <laughs> well, I said, I said the only connection there was the Mary Poppins reference in Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> I, they could tie that. I have to say it. That's probably true. That's probably what most people didn't question it. I'm like, okay. You know? But, you know, I walked by. It would be by. so weird to get, like, one of those uh, Mary Poppins y'all shirts or, or prints or something. Dude, I mean. And then have it signed by Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, that's got to be as fun as that one <laughs> where I the saw. guy gave uh, Jack Nicholson his Heath Ledger joke. Oh, that's photo. hilarious. It's still, like, probably one of the best ones ever. <laughs> but I saw a lot of artists there that I grew up reading or that I read now that I'm like, oh, I didn't know he was going to be here. And, uh,. I easily, if I had, I, if I could have come, if I would have come back on Sunday and I had the money, I could have walked out of there with a stack of stuff signed by people that I love reading. But I'm like, I didn't know this guy was going to be here. I didn't know. You know who I knew was going to be there? I sure as fuck knew Karen Gillian was going to be there. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Well, I but did not know. I don't, 
I don't ever get. I don't, Joe Jusko wasn't there. I'm just pulling a name out of a hat. I don't think he was there anyway. No, I don't no. get a big thing on my Facebook. Joe Jusko is going to be at Phoenix Comic Con this year. No, you know, J. Scott Campbell's going to be there. Really, you yeah, know? it's like, oh, it's Comic Con, but the comics are definitely not there. I mean, yeah, like, exactly. And it kinda, I know somebody came to our booth with had a bunch of Arthur Sudam prints. I'm like, oh, Arthur Sudam must be here. Uh-huh. Yeah, I see his friends, like, and I'm not gonna lie, it hurt my heart a little bit, you know. Well, it yeah, does, but that's something goofy, I guess, you gotta be, be prepared for. I almost that. wish they changed the name to like Pop Culture Palooza or something, mm-hmm. you know, other than Comic. Well, I always thought the Fan Fest name I was like that's what you should just change it. Well, to. that's exactly. kind of what they're. I think that's why they came up with Fan Fest in case Salt Lake City Comic Con lost their lawsuit. Right, they were just gonna make Phoenix Comic Con Fan Fest. Like, they even had a reason. Oh, we're celebrating fandom, you guys. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. actually is funny. The last fan fest I went to, uh, uh, the 2015 one, uh, which was a huge mistake. The main reason I went was to get uh, Tim Seeley's autograph. And he was actually right next to Jay Photos. And I yeah. totally missed him. <laughs> and because um, I got there kind of late. And I was like, hey, Jay, uh, do you know where Tim Seeley is? He's like, oh, he's right next to me. He left like an hour ago. Oh. And I was like, oh, yeah, they're actually open still for like three more hours. And I was like, I should have got my money back. And they wouldn't give it. So. Yeah. so you just went and met John Cena and Danny Bryan instead? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I actually, I think we went and saw Krampus. It was we just went over yeah. to the the mall and watched that because there was nothing else. It was such yeah. a waste of time. But wow. yeah, I think that's the thing with you know the fan fest thing is the future. So it is what it is. Yeah. Whoop 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 whoop. But yeah, I personally feel like I you know I'm sorry was that more juggalo no, content? Phoenix Comic Con <laughs> is pretty much like unfortunately is pretty much the only thing that people that, oh geek event Phoenix Comic Con and it's just. I really wish people would be more keyed in that there's a lot of other cool stuff going in town and just kind of explore, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, and we try to do that, you know, by posting events on our groups and just letting you guys know what's going on on the podcast. Geekly Phoenix on your Facebook. Yep. And check it out, y'all. Yeah. And it's like to me it's just like there's more to more than just like one weekend which can be completely disrupted by one idiot trying to kill a Power Ranger. <laughs> I, I will say, though, I did get, from the booth Jasper was at, I did get this really cool uh, NBC John Constantine figure. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. I know. I got it for 20 bucks. I haggled the guy I tell down. you, man, their their prices were awesome. They had a they had a Diamond Select Thing figure um, that's going on Amazon for like 30 to 40 bucks for $15. Oh, nice. I really stared at that. I'm like, oh, what do I want to do? But, you know, so. yeah. I will say, uh, I want to say thanks to Danny Northside Kings uh, uh, for uh, letting me know. Speaking of uh, no big banner announcement, I had no idea if Derek fucking Riggs was there. Oh, oh yeah. from Iron Maiden. I mean, yeah, he designed Eddie. He's designed almost all their art. Is wow. one of the most iconic. I mean, next to like me, Ed Repka and a few other folks. I mean, it's just a legend. And there he is in a tiny yeah. booth. I mean, totally missed him. But if Danny had not mentioned it, I, I would never have known. Wow. And I mean, missed out on a guy, I'm, I'm sure, who does not do a lot of cons stateside. Yeah. He did, uh, gave me his art book, which is regularly like 30 pounds, 30, 40 pounds. Gave it to me, US 50, signed it, personalized it, and drew an Eddie sketch in it. Oh, wow, that's, that's amazing. Awesome. And yeah, I'm that's like, cool. wow, what a, that was the best deal I got that's this right. whole weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of stuff. Like uh, that same Saturday, Lulu Bell and Mesa, Lulu Bell Toy Bodega, had a release party for uh, 
Justin Ishmael's new uh, and Craig Gleason's new uh, soap booby like ghoul toy. You know, for those who don't know, Justin Ishmael used to run Mondo. You know, and this is like his new venture that he's doing with uh, Grody from Lulu Bell. So they're going to be releasing a lot of cool vinyl stuff here in Mesa of all places. You know, the, the, you know, becoming fast becoming a hotbed of of geekery. Honestly, yeah, you know, really. I mean, if you look at places like Starfighters and you know stuff like that, there's a and obviously you've got ZapCon and, yeah. and Game on Expo, and I mean it. You know, both I, of which are coming up here soon. Yeah, or yeah. Uh, uh, well, is, uh, Game on is. Yeah, yeah. And so there is other events. The uh, Lou Bell. I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. most people know we have like one of the top Sofubian specialty. Uh, you know toy markets you know mm-hmm. in like the united states i mean it's yeah. like literally having like i mean i i just i didn't even know about it forever because the only store i ever knew was red hot robot for a time yeah and that was it and there was no one and that was you know they had was... a lot of cool stuff this like i kind of wish i'd been more on it with but with all the cons going on they had a lot of stuff from uh five points fest they brought back that sold out really quick and i was just kind of like kicking myself but I'm like hoping uh, once uh, Justin gets that uh, Galagantis, the two-headed famous monsters, uh, so Fubi's working on it, they'll release that out here and we'll get some variants and stuff. We will. So that would be cool. But yeah, I just picked up a few things like that. I got uh, the Mafex uh, Wonder Woman to finish up my uh, movie Trinity over there. And I picked up, I didn't get this at Con, I got uh, the Angel of Death from Hellboy to finish up my like, Del Toro shelf. And then the other cool thing I got was uh, I got Wang from uh, Big Trouble in Little China from the N2 Toys collection. So now I only have I only need two more figures to have the entire one of those Big Trouble in Little China toys. I need Egg Chen and uh, Lightning, and I don't know if I'm getting them. I might be good with just those four right, right there. Well, that's a good. That's a good. If it comes with the six demon bag, you're gonna need it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so. so yeah, I'm. I'm I'm getting to the point right now where I'm sort of like uh, trying to figure out if I'm what else I'm going to collect or just I'm just refining stuff. What shelving? Awesome. Collect more bookshelves. We'll, right. we'll maybe post some pics or something here. Victor is it's pretty impressive. Close to capacity. Yeah, yeah. but I can always rejigger. There's always room. Yeah, you know. Sure. But yeah, so yeah, Phoenix Comic Con. You know that was our experience. But I think we're we're getting ready to wrap this up because uh. Kirby and Joshua have another press screening to go to tonight for an A24 highly anticipated movie that I'm sure we'll hear about next time. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So until next time, if you guys have, you guys any have any final thoughts before we sign off? Uh, I'm looking forward to next week at uh, Cult Classics. I'll tell you that. Oh, that's right, Grindhouse. Oh yeah. yeah. Next Saturday, Grindhouse, the complete complete grind that's what the trailers 10, right? and everything yeah june 10th yeah. yeah that came up quick i said yeah. it's just a big blur but yeah it was tickets are still available at uh all your friendly record label location the uh cult classics az.com and fifth element as well very cool the 24th yeah sweet yeah 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 but uh, until next time, I am one of your co-hosts, Victor Marino, along with uh, Joshua. Kovete. <laughs> Kirby. You was going to come up with a nice And Jasper. Wubba lubba dub dub. Wowie zowie. Party. See you next time. Bye.